right before uh, Jerron. That was really good. <laughs> Feel the love. No, it yeah. really wasn't. <laughs> He's dangerous. He has a mic still. That's awesome. Awesome. Wow. Um, uh, we, what we didn't put in announcements, and actually, I'm, you know, I, I, I said this morning uh, with the core leaders, I forgot one announcement with them, but I do want to meet with the core leaders. But this Saturday um, is uh, our normally scheduled men's breakfast, and so we will get a text out to you whether we do it here or whether we meet in a restaurant, and then I'm, I'm going to try to be meeting with core leaders or touching base with them in the next couple weeks. So, uh, men, uh, be looking for a text or, or something to get. And if you need, we'll get uh, Scott can get your info. If you're new, you can give it to anybody or put it on the card, the contact card, the connection card. We'll make sure that you get notified, um, you know, when the breakfast is. So, at any rate, it's a great time uh, for us to get together. So, we're trying to get all that stuff figured out. It's all well, and the other announcement I forgot to say is Wednesday, I, need, I know this is the whole church here, so I'm going to make this really quick. Wednesday, I need the core leaders. Make sure we're at our first Wednesday service. This will be a great service, so I need everybody here, not just our leadership and not just the core leaders, everybody that wants to attend, but it's going to be an, all, an all-time wonderful prayer service. I need every core leader to be asking God what you can pray over the church and over your team because you're going to be leading a section in that prayer on Wednesday. And uh, I meant to say that, I was just so excited about today, and I got carried away and forgot. So, uh, anyway, Wednesday, it's just going to, we're going to actually have, how many were here when we did the prayer tunnel at the other building? Man, that was awesome. But we're going to do that again Wednesday night. We're just going to kick off this year with prayer and anointing and, and believing God. And so if you're ahead of a team, just come, I mean, and we're going to, so you want to be at that service because I, I, I'm just telling you, there's going to be people that are going to be healed, they're going to be ministered to, and uh, it's going to be a great service. So make sure that you come Wednesday to our first Wednesday service. All right. Um, Christmas Eve was amazing. We've got some pictures of that, and we'll end up, uh, you know, trying to get some of that stuff posted on, it's probably already on Facebook. And this year, we've got a lot of good stuff coming, a lot of great changes coming. Church is moving up. But we want to talk today and for the next several weeks about vision. We want to talk about where we're going and what is happening. And not just the church as a whole, but, you know, the church. Uh, remember when you were little? Here's the church and here's the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. Remember that? Because church is nothing without people. Church, this is a building, although God has put us in this building. But church is the people. The true riches of the kingdom are people. And so as we take the kingdom out to wherever we work and wherever we go, let's, God, let's do it your way. I don't know about you, but I found out doing it my way isn't always successful. So, but if I do it his way and I put my hand to his way, man, it always brings in a harvest. Today I want to talk about the power of a vision. The power of a vision. What you see, what you process from what you see, what you believe, and then what you do are extremely important to your future. So what you take in and how the Holy Spirit works. Isn't it crazy in a church service? You can hear something and someone else can. You could be like, man, that was awesome. God just spoke to me. And somebody else could be like, I didn't feel nothing. That guy's boring as a board. <laughs> but that could be the case. I'll try, not to, I'll try to keep you awake. But what I'm saying is. God works in, in great ways where it can be just what I have people come up and say, it's like you were talking to me. 
And I was, but it wasn't specifically geared for you, but that's how the Holy Spirit delivered it. It's an amazing thing working with God. How many knows that God doesn't start anything he doesn't finish? He puts his hand to it. I mean, he wants something done. If, if we're disobedient, I believe he'll find somebody else to pick up the ball and, and carry the fumble on. So we just need to say, God, I want to be that person. I want to be a person of purpose. I want to be a per- person of purpose with destiny. I want to be one of those people who just come in and shout and fall out on the floor and just dance. I get criticized because our services, now check this out. Our services are in 60 to 70 minutes, start to finish. And my, my goal, again, Ron, thank you for these lights. Look at these new lights. You can actually see my, my face. I don't go into a cave. <laughs> I have people on the internet going like, you walk off to the one side and you're gone. I can hear you, but I can't see you. <laughs> Peekaboo, here I am again. But I mean, I'm all about, I love, now listen to me, because on our Wednesday services, they're going to be incredible. I really do believe. I believe God's going to take us to another level. I like that. I believe in all of the gifts. I'm going to say that one more time. I believe in all of the gifts. I believe they're relevant for today. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in interpretation. I believe in words of knowledge. I believe in gifts of healing. I believe in all of that. And we will see those. And I'm believing in that. Let me, under, let me just grasp and try to help you. On Sunday morning, if God wants to do anything in this service, I'm just going to get out of the way. Because I can't do anything better than him. But here's the mandate he's given me. People that don't know Christ or don't know Jesus, they need to be introduced to Jesus. Come on, say amen to that. And some of what has scared them away is what men have done and maybe taken in their own accord and their own interpretation or whatever. And we are human and I get all of that. We've had people leave the church because we're not spiritual enough. Sorry. Here's what we're saying. We want people in the kingdom. That's God's heart. If we can't get them in the kingdom, the gifts don't mean a hoot to them. Is that not true? So if this is the only time you eat, this is the only time you have spiritual food, you're malnutrition. You're not eating well. So... This is our heart. Let's get them in there. And, and we can't control what people do. There's always that human element. There's always, you know, because we're human. I get it. I, you know, people, do, do you like, I'm just, I, I'm off my notes, but I'm just, I got to explain this. Do you, do you believe in, in people falling out in the spirit? So if you're new today, I'm not going to freak you out. Do I believe in that? Yeah. You know what that is? That's just, there's so much glory going on that your body can't handle it. And your body says, I need to lay down. That's basically what's happening. Do you do courtesy drops? I do not. In other words, my wife can tell you, I don't just, if somebody prays for me, unless God puts me on the floor, I'm not going there. I did that before. I didn't like it. Because then I never understood if it was real or whatever. But if God wants me on the floor, let him put me there. What I want to know is if we've, and I've been in services, and some of y'all have been with me, when we've watched 50 and some people, just the, the power of God just moved, I didn't have anything to do with it other than just being the person to pray. Six months later, what happened since you've been hit by the power? Six weeks, six days, six hours. Has anything changed? If nothing has changed, then it's just an event that was nice, but it didn't change anything. I want 
to have God change me the way he wants. I want, if that happens, I want it not to just be an event. I, I agree with that. It wa- I want it to be an event. But I want it to be an event that changes my life. That I find out he's more real than I ever thought he was. That he got me out of this and he helped me stand and he did all of these things and he gets the glory. I don't want to live for just an experience. I want to talk to people this morning that are saying, you know what, PB, I, I want destiny. This is what I want. I want, an, I want somebody to be right here and I want to have that anointing to go, hey, you go first. No, you. Somebody to push you over the edge. Some of you are so close. You need to have somebody to say, come on. Come on, get in, the water's fine. Come on. You need somebody to encourage you just to say, you can do this. I can't see the bottom. I'm telling you, you can do it. I've had my kids once, I'm teaching them, just helping them. You know, and we were out swimming. And I'm like, I can't touch the bottom. I'm like, yes, you can. No, I can't. No, I can't. Then they're on their tiptoes and their nose is still above the water. And like, oh. You see, sometimes just because we don't know, we're afraid. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. You cannot let negativity stop you. I can't let it stop me. I've come too far to turn back now. Some of you have come too far to turn around and go the other way. Today, I don't really feel as much like a preacher, but I feel like I'm a UPS deliverer. United Pastoral Service. (laughs) I'm bringing your package today. Come rain, sleet, snow, high water. I'm bringing it. You heard the story of the lady on top of the roof, and there's a flood, and they come to get her in the helicopter. And they said, ma'am, get in. And as they're getting her to get in the helicopter, there's a straw hat that just comes out by the length of the yard and turns around, goes back, makes another turn. And the helicopter guy goes, I don't believe I've ever seen that. What's that? And she said, oh, that's just Herman. He told me today he was going to mow the yard, hell or high water. I want to deliver this package to you today. I want you to get what I'm, what I'm giving you. I'll tell you right now, let's just take a two-second praise break and thank God for what he's going to do. Come on. Amen. Here's our scripture. I just gave Mal one scripture today. Here's our scripture. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. Now I might say some other scripture, but this is the one that's our main scripture today. It was the year King Uzziah died and I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. With two they flew. They were calling out to each other. Listen, each other. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live among people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar and a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to his people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. I want to talk to you this morning about a power in vision. I want to talk to you about what you see this year. This is 2019. This is a year that will be remembered. This is a year that things change for you. Notice 
Isaiah is saying he has unclean lips and he lives with people of the same tendency. The Bible talks about life and death is in your mouth. Life and death is in what you say and what you speak. Your future is tied to your confession and your allegiance to whose side you're on. And there is so much importance in what we say. Sometimes we're like, well, God doesn't care about that. Yes, he does. Brett, are you perfect in that? I stink at this. I'm getting better. In my opinion, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I, I probably, you're like, well, you're probably pretty good. I don't know. I'm trying. But what I'm trying to tell you is it is so important. It is so vital to your destiny health to speak what is right. We spend a bunch of time cheering for others, and that's good. What God is doing for them. But if we would grasp what they're doing, like we see, you know, like in, in my headship or whatever, God is doing wonderful things, and I'm, I rejoice with that. I think that's awesome. But here's what we have to understand. How did that happen for them? Could it be if we did what they did, we could get what they got? Because God is no respecter of persons. He'll bless anybody who will make him or herself available to him. Isaiah was a prophet. He was called the eagle eye prophet. The eagle eye prophet. He was that, called that because of his ability to see very clearly, not in great detail as well, not just what was going on now, but what was going to happen in the future. So they called him the eagle eye prophet. He would focus, well, when the scripture we're talking, he's focused, this is, his, is what God is calling him to do, and we're going to look at that. But he's focused on where he was going more than where he was. And I get it, you got to live for the moment, and I get all that, but you got to be careful what moment you're in. But God has a destiny for you. If you think about your car windshield compared to your rearview mirror, car windshield is huge because you're going somewhere. The rearview mirror is small because that's where you've been. Big in front, small looking back. Isaiah was a visionary. The earlier we answer, now listen to this, as we read what Isaiah, what his calling is happening, the earlier, and this is what I put in my notes, you answer and believe what God is calling you to do, the greater and longer you enjoy walking in his destiny. In other words, when you start saying, he's talking to me, this is what he's telling me to do, and I start walking in that, doing what I'm supposed to do, or what I can do for me that he's telling me to do, I start walking in that calling and the greater and the more enjoyment I'll have. The Bible says without vision the people perish. You need something that drives you. Something that pushes you. Something that you're looking at. Do you have a vision board? What is on your vision board? Pastor Kim just told me yesterday. She goes, babe, we, we've had a lot of things going on in the last few weeks. So we've been a little busy. But our goal has been in here in this next week or so. We, we have a vision board in our room. It's not out for everybody to see. It is for her and I to see can you say amen to that? Because it is our vision board. It is what God is doing with us and with this church and what we want. So we're not only going to have vision for the church, but vision for our lives. You need to be happy that you have people that want to go somewhere. But on our vision board, there are things that we want to do. What's on your vision board? Are you looking ahead? Do you have any plans? Well, I don't have any plans. I don't have anything. If you shoot at nothing, you will hit it. 
Our vision board has many answered things that we put on there. She wanted this kind of a car. She had a little key ring. She put that on there. Already got the car. We've had that car. We had it for a while. We sold the car. She wanted this car paid off. We already paid that car off. We had that picture of the old house on there. The house, old house is paid off. I mean, all of those things were on the board. You're not too young to have vision. What do you want to be when you grow up? That was a question. You were in elementary school. What do you want to be when you grow up? And there was all, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fire chief. I want to be a superhero. <laughs> I already told you my Superman story, and we won't go there today. <laughs> but what do you want to be? Whether you're young or whether you're old, what do you, what do you see? What's your plan to get there? You see, some people have vision. Everybody has different needs. Yours might not be mine. Mine won't be yours. But some of you need motivation. Some of you are so close. You're so close to the edge. You just need somebody to go, boop, just to push you over. I'm telling you, every house I've lived in, every house I've lived in, my wife should be an interior decorator. She's amazing. We have people come in, wow, did you hire someone to do that? No. Pastor Kim did that? Yes. She just, she sees things that I don't see. When she married me, (laughs) I had moved into a 12 by 60 trailer. And that's where our first place, I had dead animals stuffed in there. (laughs) Some cinnamon raccoon my dad had given me or something looked like it was possessed. I had some statue of a mountain man. And all my pictures, evidently, are at the wrong height. (laughs) Honey, these have to be at this height. I don't know. I'm just like, put it up there. That looks good. She comes in and she takes things and she's got, she knows color schemes. And, you know, even when it comes to like, I'll come to church and people go, I love that shirt. I love what you're wearing. I had nothing to do with it. I'd probably come in something really stupid most of the time. I think I have a good idea. She's helped me with that. But sometimes I just don't know. And I'll say, how come, how come he can wear that and I can't? You're a winter. I don't know or what. But she's figured out all these things. That won't go with your hair. This will work this or that. But she knows how to decorate. She sees things. Some people don't have to be pushed. Some people have to be pulled or dragged. That gets tiring. But you need vision so you can fly. My job this morning is to try to pull truths out of what we've just read today. So you can put them to use. You can apply them to your life. You can live life on purpose. Give your neighbor a high five. I believe something's about to happen. And the enemy's not fighting you so hard just to keep you for a reason. Because something's about to change. Brett, you don't know the hell I've been through. I'm telling you, you're right to the edge. Now, I'm not sitting here going to say, your breakthrough's coming. You're right. But I'm telling you, there's a principle you need to understand. If you can grasp what God is saying, your breakthrough may be right there. I'm not trying to just be a cheerleader. I'm trying to give you some hope. I'm telling you what, I, we've all been through stuff. Anybody ever thought, and you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> just saying, protecting you. Anybody ever, like, it's just, life got hard and you thought about, you know what, it'd be just good if Jesus came back and I just went with Jesus. Come on, we've all prayed that before, thought about it. 
but you know what? I'm against it. I want to go with Jesus, but I'd like to live this life. I got, I got a lot more to do. I thought about being sick, but I'm against that too. I, I tried that and didn't like it. I thought about being broke, was there, didn't like that either. So I, I just said, okay, God, if I don't like it, then what do I have to change to make things happen? They don't happen by just osmosis. We have to put our hand to it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm against the enemy. You see, the world's full of hurricanes and storms and all these things happening and, and tragedies that have happened here and there. And I'm telling you, what happens in the natural, there's stuff going on in the spiritual. There's, uh, there's storms going on in the spiritual. There's a fight going on. And in areas in the natural, people have had to evacuate areas due to fires in California or wherever. Some of us, that happens in the spiritual. You come home to the same place, but you had to evacuate where you used to be. And you have to reposition yourself because God wants to take you to another level. He wants to take you past where you've been, past where you've just had to endure. What if, I'm telling you, some of you have been through so much stuff that now you are stronger. And if it comes at you now, it'd be like water off a duck's back. Six months ago, it'd put you under. God takes us to other levels spiritually to make us uncomfortable. Life isn't always comfortable. He's pushing us. He's showing us that you can come up. You can rise to the call. That's going to cost because you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to pray. Not just, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I hope God gives me a big, big steak. (laughs) For all you vegetarians, you won't like that prayer. But you're going to have to pray. It's going to have to be some serious, God, I'm serious about this. I need to seek you more. Coasting is not going to get it. Isaiah is giving us a time frame when all this happened. Jesus quoted Isaiah more than any other prophet. I mean, think about that. He, when Jesus started his ministry, he quotes out of Isaiah. You know, you are one bad dude when Jesus is quoting you. Think about it. If Jesus is going to quote you, you're like, I got something. I'm working something. Isaiah says... From the year King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord. I got so much stuff today. But there's times when the changing of the guard, things happen. We've changed buildings. God didn't give us a new building to stay the same. Do you hear that? He didn't give us a new building just to stay comfortable. This is causing labor pains. It's causing times that it's pushing us. It's stuff that we've never done before, but it's pushing us. And the contractions are coming quicker and quicker. Something's about to be birthed. The changing of the guard is a sign that things are about to change. God never leaves himself without a witness. Greatness always repeats itself from generation to generation. My father-in-law, who's with Jesus now, would say, I want to be like Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth is with Jesus. Can I say the changing of the guard means that if God needed Smith here, he'd be here. But God wants to use us. Because there's greatness here. 
Not for our greatness, but for his greatness. So here's the three things I want to talk about today. Isaiah talks about three types of vision. Look up, look in, look out. Here's number one. Look up. He sees God high and lifted up. Some people, even believers, have a low mentality of God. They only see him on a religious level, on a spiritual level, only in church. It's the only Jesus they know is the one grandma taught them. Not that grandma was bad. I'm just saying that is all they know. They see him limited by their view. You know, the more and more we study the word, the more we find out how deep God is. Back in the day, that's what we taught, we taught our kids. This is what God did, or that's what grandma taught us. They lived through the depression. They needed God for clothes, for food, and things that are different than what we may need them today. They went through a lot of stuff. They went through world wars. Things were manufactured just for equipment to fight. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is even bigger than that. He's bigger than what he did to meet their need. God, the Bible says in Hebrews, he doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means whatever my need is, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So no matter what I need, my God's got it covered. Come on, Jesus. You know, back in the day, they might not have had clothes to wear. They only had a few things. Now, in today's society, so many of us have tons of clothes. We have closets of clothes. We give clothes away. We'll walk into a closet and go, I have nothing to wear. And there's 50 bazillion pieces of articles of clothing in there. I don't have a thing to wear. You have to see him high and lifted up. You see, you're not where you used to be, but you can't get to where you're going if you don't see him higher than your trouble. I'm going to say that one more time. You're not where you used to be, but if you want to get to where you're going, you can't get there unless you see God is greater and bigger than your problem. Is he not able? Numbers 11.23 says, his arm is not short. Are you... Believing that God can get you, he's bigger than your mess. God is not just a Sunday morning God, not just an emergency God, not just a God on crisis, not just whenever we need him, who can yell the loudest, not just that kind of God. How many parents are in the building? Now listen, you know if you have kids, there's different kinds of yells. There's different kinds of cries. If you have little kids, you will hear, (coughs) and you'll be thinking, that's not too bad. That one's okay. Then they stop, or you say, suck it up, it's okay. Well, maybe you don't say that. I'm just a guy, okay? (laughs) But then there's those cries. I remember, now here's another story. And by the way, the stories I tell you are true. The names have not been changed because they're not innocent. My sister and I, (laughs) I love this. (laughs) My sister and I, we were over at Mike Miller's house. We were uh, were over at his house, and Mike had did this thing where uh, the swing set, he had 
put his legs over top and was hanging upside down and would swing back and forth and then kick his legs out and stand on the ground. I said, I can do that. And I did, and I could. And I was like, sweet, that's awesome. So then I got this bright idea. You know that chair that goes like this that's on a swing set? I said, I will get and hang upside down in that, and I'll kick my legs over and sit down in the chair. I'm telling you, I've been entertainment for heaven. So I think, and of course, my best friend, Mike, he doesn't say, that's a stupid idea. He's like, yeah. So I did that. But I didn't flip over right, and I did a pinball thing on the way down, and I, I cut my head open. And my sister was there. I think I got this story right. She was there, and it was, it was bleeding really good. And you know, you know when you're in trouble, well, I went like this, and I was like, ah! And anyway, the scream was different. When I came across the yard and ran across the street, we lived right across the street. I still to this day can remember my dad coming out the front screen door, and he came out like Jackie Chan. And I'll tell you why, because my scream was different, and my mom was right behind him. They took me to the ER, stitched my head up and all that. The difference was, was the scream. And we tend to te- treat God that way. Because if the scream's different, we think we get a better response. I'm here to tell you, God will hear you scream or he'll hear you just talk to him. But he hears you. And he wants to help you get to where you need to go. You see, we have a generation that just wants to use church as kind of like medication. They want to come to church so they can say they were at church. So if anybody asked them, I've been at church. So I'm at church. I went to church. I did the church thing. We raised our hands. We did this. We did that. Yes, I've been to church. If you just want to use church just to get your high, you are abusing God because you just need a fix on Sunday morning because you're afraid what everybody's thinking. When's the day, let's, let's make it this year, we get to come to church. We don't have to come to church. Oh, God, I can't wait till church starts. It's almost 9 o'clock. It's almost 1030. Wait till we get there. What's God going to do today? We're going to praise him. We're going to shout. We're going to tell about his goodness. I don't want to have a junkie's mentality. We need to get filled up. Don't get me wrong. We need to come to church and enjoy the praise and enjoy the fellowship and all that and the, and the preaching and the tea. We need that. But we need to set our sights on God. I need to come up. I need to see you high and lifted up. Not just for me. I don't want to come to church just for me. I want to come to church so that when God can fill me, I can impact those that don't know him. That's where the mission lies. We need faith to give us that kind of unction. Brett, we need healed. Yes. Can we get that at church? Yes. Can you get that home? Yes. Can you get that in your bedroom? Yes. Can you get that in your prayer closet? Yes. You can get it because God is everywhere. But I'm talking about faith that pushes you. Faith that motivates you. Faith that makes you stand out. Faith that makes the anointing. I'm telling you, I've seen God do things that I didn't even, I didn't feel any different. 
I walked into a gas station. Just walked into a gas station. There was about six people in line. I hit the door, and the, the clerk behind the counter goes, All right, all right, I'll go to church. And everybody in there is, hmm? I didn't even say anything. I just walked in. Let me tell you, before you go anywhere, God that's in you, God that's on you, God goes before you. And he takes care of all that stuff. I just sat there and was like, God, you're amazing. I don't even know who this woman is. I was almost afraid to go up and buy Tic Tacs. <laughs> you see, God wants to take you to the, to the next level. And you know what that is? That is the phone booth, just like it was for Superman. Seriously, you need the Holy Spirit, man. He wants to, wherever you're working, wherever you're interacting with people, God is saying, are you ready to change? Because Lois needs a Superman. Come on, Jesus. Let me be your person in the workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood, at the mall. Let me be your person at Starbucks, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing. And if I'm doing life, let me just have you as the number one in my life. Faith is what I use to get me up. Faith is what I use to get me higher. Faith from faith. The Bible says he'll take us from glory to glory. When you see God high and lifted up, it'll change your perception of you, which brings us to our second thought. You got to not just look up, you got to look in. You need to see him where he is and realize you ain't all that in a bag of chips. I got five kids. I got to do something besides work. Some of you will get that later. None of my children are Chinese. None of my children are African American. They're all white like me. And white like him. I didn't try. Can't make him anything else. Because the same DNA that's in me and in her, because we're their parents. Because we're their mother and father. Can I say to you, when you accept Jesus, that same DNA in the bloodline is in you. That transfusion happens, and you are blessed because of your heritage of who Jesus is. Say amen to that. I don't have to beg. My kids don't have to beg for something. If I have it and they need it, they can have it. My nieces and my nephew, if I have it and they need it, they can have it. Why? Because we're family. Because we can see him high and lifted up. But because I have confidence of who he is and whose I am, I start seeing myself different than I saw myself before. Some of you need an infusion of confidence. You don't see yourself very secure. You know, it's great to praise God and believe him to answer your prayers, but some of us don't believe that he'll do it. Or, or we'll believe this. I believe he'll do it. He'll do it for you, PB, or he'll do it for them. He won't do it for me. Because you don't see yourself that way. you got to look in. Think about this. Remember the Israelites... 
They sent out the 12 spies. Ten of them went and brought back a negative report. Joshua and Caleb brought back a positive report. Did you know the 10 that brought back the negative report never made it into the promised land? And this is their statement. We can't go in there because they saw us as grasshoppers, and, and that's the way we saw us too. If you look it up, that's what they say. They see us as grasshoppers, and, and that's what we see too. If you see yourself defeated, if you see yourself never making it, you see yourself, God won't bless me. God, I'm just, it's just, he doesn't care for me. That is a slanted view, and the enemy has got you to buy a lie. Do you believe if you ask God for something you need, he'll do it? Now think about this. Ron was the guy that did announcements. Love Ron Clayton. If I had 10 Ron Claytons, I could win a city. For real. That man put up these lights, didn't even know he's going to do it until he, uh, he sent me a text. Hey, got these new lights so that we can see you on the platform. I'm like, Ron, you're amazing. If I went to Ron and asked Ron, hey, Ron, I need $1,000. Hey, Ron. Just me asking Ron if I need $1,000 or that I need $1,000 is a compliment. Because if I didn't believe Ron had the money to give me, then I'm wasting my time to even ask. But by me asking is already saying, I believe you have it. If you had it and I asked for it, he'd give it. I'm not asking. But if you feel inclined, no. I'm <laughs> What I'm saying is, what's your belief system? Do you believe God will answer your prayers? We have to look in. Some of you have so much potential, but the reason you have not seen your prayers answered is you don't see him high and lifted up, so you don't see yourself as how he sees you. But every one of you is a winner, according to God. He gave his very son for you. And he wrote it in blood. I believe God will answer all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Back in the day, kings had trains. So if you had a small kingdom, your train. Now, the best way I can say this, not choo-choo train. Not that. But a train like a, like a wedding gown. The, the long train at the back of a gown. So the king would wear a robe. And if your train was small, your, your kingdom was small. If your kingdom was bigger, your train was bigger. Isaiah says, I saw him high and lifted up. Now check this out. And I want you to picture this. His train, the robe length, his train filled the temple. How big is the temple? And if his train filled the temple, how big is the robe? God can meet every need you have. How do you see him? God has all power. Every tongue has to confess. Every knee has to bow. Every sickness has to go. Jesus took all power back, gave, he took it from the enemy, and then gave you the authority and power to make these things happen. God is high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. He can do anything, his word says, but so many times we hinder him by our unbelief. Because he can't. We have authority to loose and bind. What do we do with that? Now, I hope you still love me. Maybe your relationship isn't flourishing the way it should be because you're asking a millionaire for a cup of coffee. 
Now, let me just say this before you're like, oh, I don't like it when he said that. What I'm telling you is, what's your belief system? God can do anything. Why don't we get him involved in our lives? Instead of just saying, you know what? I just don't believe you'll do this, but I think you'll do that. I did an experiment with students one time. I told them all, I said, how many in here like Snicker bars? And they're all, oh, I said, how many would like one? Oh, we would all like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I handed them out Milky Ways. I did, just a little fun size. And I said, okay, now just hold on to that. And then we'll give you a Snicker bar later. You can exchange it. Did you know that over three quarters of those students ate their Milky Way? And, and they couldn't get their Snickers. And they were just like, well, I like chocolate. <laughs> so do I. But what I'm saying is so many times we settle because, you know, Hebrews says faith and patience bring the promise. What if we would have just believed God? You know what, God, I got, I got a snicker bar coming at the end of service because he said it. What if we put our faith in not just what man said, but with what he said? What do you believe? Maybe we need to think bigger. You know, as my wife said, we've walked through some hard times in these last few weeks, and sometimes life comes at you hard. I sound like an Allstate commercial, but that's not what I mean. There's, there's times in your life when things just happen and there's nobody that really can help you but God. Your dad can't help you. Your mom can't help you. Grandma can't help you. Grandpa can't help you. Uncle can't help you. Aunt can't help you. Nobody can help you, but you need God. You need God to put some salve on that wound. You need God to supernaturally come in and help you. But I'm telling you, he'll do that, but you have to see him high and lift it up and know and see yourself as one of his kids. Come on, am I right about it? It matters who you hang with. When you hang with God, it changes your conversation. It changes, it, it's on a different level. Now, and I'm just telling you, I, I was the class clown in my class, so Kim's constantly, she's helping me. Because I, there's just stuff in me that just wants to go, <laughs> and say something all the time. And that's okay, but there's other times I just need to just shut up. You see, your conversation changes depending on who you hang with. You ever have somebody say, here, let me tell you this, but you can't share this with just anybody. Well, I get that. We've all done that. Isaiah is talking about angels talking to each other. Holy, holy, the whole earth is full of his glory. Do you see God's glory in what you do? Are you looking for it? You know, sometimes we just, we find what we look for. Are you looking for God to be high and lifted up? Are you looking for your conversation to involve God? Romans says all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. God's going to get glory. Are you looking for it? You cannot hang around God and be negative. If you are a negative person, I know that's you know, part of you, you know, somehow that's been in your nature. What I'm saying is, you need to hang out with God more. And positive people, you need to hang out with God more. So this isn't about picking on negative people, but God is not negative. You go to the gas station, but people say, what are we going to do if gas gets 4 or $5 a gallon? I don't know. I'm just going to trust God. I trust him when it's 2 bucks a gallon. My God will supply all my need. It doesn't matter what it costs. 
When you start talking about God and about his glory, then God starts sitting down in your conversation. Psalm says that God inhabits the praises of his people. If you do a study on that, I mean, if we start talking about how good God is, God comes in on that and goes, yes. Starts sitting down. You know what that's describing? That's describing the Ark of the Covenant. Isaiah is talking about it. The angels. Remember their their wings? There's two of them. They're like this. They're facing each other. They're in agreement, and they're talking to each other. Holy, holy, holy. And what happened in the ark? Then God's presence came and sat on the mercy seat. You want God? We got to start watching how we talk. I'm just saying, I'm not throwing fingers because I need to be pointing at myself. But isn't that what happened when Paul and Silas said, let's praise God. And the Bible says the whole prison shook. You know why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people and sat down in that prison so much that everybody got free. Come on, Jesus. That Shekinah glory, that glory of God. When we get together at church and we touch it, that's why Wednesday is going to be powerful. When we're praying and believing God for what's happening this year and we're coming together in agreement that, Lord, we want this not to be true life church to be something big. We want you to be big. And we want to exalt you and give you glory. Then he'll come in on that conversation when we praise him and when we pray and we are asking and believing for his anointing. You can't waste your time being sucked dry by haters of the word. Negativity. Because the atmosphere that God draws in is those that praise him. You watch it rain. Have you ever seen just a a wall of rain coming? You know, it's so cool to see. Or it'll be raining over here. But it's not raining over here. Because somehow the atmosphere is different there to allow it to rain than what it is. Or it hasn't reached here yet. Let's let it rain in here. And we do that by yielding. He's high and lifted up. And we start seeing ourselves the way he sees us. How are you expecting him? Are you expecting him tomorrow? Today? Your talk changes. God's going to transform your thinking. Instead of survival... Abundance. Now, this isn't prosperity. I'm talking about just joy. Now, you'll need prosperity. I get it in finances, but I'm just talking about I want to see God high and lifted up. Lord, you are meeting all of my needs and then some. See, it's not about praying it down. We've already got it. It's about getting us up to that level where we come in agreement with it. You've been thinking too low, you've been asking too low, you've been talking too low. Maybe you've been hanging around low thinking. But I'll tell you what, I, I want to be like George Jefferson. I want to come on up. I'm going to take Wheezy with me. I'm going to move up. If everybody in your circle or in your life, and you're the one who feeds them and gives them what they need and makes them happy, your circle's too small. If you're the smartest person and everybody that you hang out, your crowd is too small. 
If everybody is looking to you for help and answers, your crowd is too small. You need to get around some people that will challenge you. Iron sharpens iron. You need around people that will almost intimidate you a little bit so that it will make you push to the edge or come up a little bit or do something maybe you're not comfortable in doing. You see, for where you're heading, your crowd has to change. Come on, somebody. Where you're heading in 2019, your crowd has to change. It doesn't mean you have to forsake all your friends. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you have to change your priorities. you got to change about who you're hanging with. you got to start doing what God is wanting you to do. It might make you uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, if you'll change and you'll do what God's telling you, 2019 is going to come wide open for you. Be careful who you share with. Because some will say, you're too old. You're not smart enough. But I almost think God could have wrote this. Fat kids, skinny kids, kids that climb on rocks. Tough kids, sissy kids, even kids with chicken pox. God will take care of all of them. No, I don't have any more to that song. But I'm just saying, let's just say, God, I want, I want more of you. How many knows the devil is a liar? And he's going to tell you, you're too old, it's too late, you can't do that now. You know Moses didn't start anything until he was 80. I'm just saying, the enemy is a liar. This isn't vision for you just to go, okay, now that explains where I've been. This is a commercial for where you're going. This is advertising for where God wants to take you. I'm almost done. I know it's 1142, give me just a couple more minutes. Jesus said this, I mean, because this is what we, don't we spend a lot of time looking down? If you watch, you go somewhere, anywhere you go, in a public place, and look how many people are looking down, because their phone is in their hand. I'm guilty of it too, you ever walk and text or whatever, and you walk into a pole, see, all of you, you ain't going to admit it anyway, are you? Walk or bump into somebody, we're spending our time looking down, and then we spend all of our time, we'll just Google it, ask Google, ask Siri, my Siri, she don't know squat. I asked Siri because I got so many settings on my phone that are just protection settings. I'm sorry, Stallion. I can't tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know I call myself. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but sometimes the struggle is an indicator of just being how close of what you're believing for. How close your time is for God to do something. He wants to take you to the next level higher. When he increases and we decrease, we start getting hungry. You don't make a doctor appointment and then go in and tell the doctor, I absolutely don't need a thing. I just wanted to come in and let you tell me that I'm fine and charge me for it. (laughs) The doctor isn't going to help you because you don't need anything. You see, hunger, listen to me, gives power to vision. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you might do something about it. That's what happened to me. Different ways. I, I lost 65 pounds in four months. I got sick and tired Of being the way I was. And making all the excuses I needed. Or I thought I needed. Hunger gives power to vision. The Bible says. He that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Shall be filled. You want filled? Jesus fed thousands of people. With two loaves and a few fish. Now listen. Their hunger. Motivated Jesus to do something he hadn't planned. The disciples said. Man this whole bunch is hungry. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. All we got is five loaves and two fish. 
So here's what I'm, I'm telling you. Because of the way anointing works, you may, because of you being here and your hunger for what God has told me to tell you, may pull things out of me that I wouldn't have said otherwise. Say amen to that. I'm just saying, that's, that's how that works. That's not tooting my horn. I don't have a horn to toot. I'm just telling you, he made me the mouthpiece, and I'm just saying, you hungering for God is an amazing thing. In where you're going, you can't eat the way you used to. For me to get to where I needed to be, I had to change a lot of my eating habits. How do you see yourself? Do you have a good image? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I was the enemy and I couldn't damage how you saw God, I would damage how you see yourself. Because if you don't see yourself successful or having authority or power of Christ in you, then I have bound you if I was the enemy. Some of us just come to church with our pom-poms. Go, Jesus, go. Go, Jesus, go. do all of what we do but let me just say as ornery as i am i am not ministering here for your entertainment that's not it's just this comes out the way it comes out because that's who i am i am ministering for your preparation i'm ministering because i got something to tell you that it doesn't have to stay this way that god is able to take you where you've only believed he could go come on My goal is to be surrounded by people who become what I'm preaching. Here's our last thought. I know. So if you're going to tell me I went over, spare it. I know. But I'm about done. Look out. He gives Isaiah outer vision. He's not coming into your life to tell you where you are. You know where you are. He's come to tell you where you're going. He's come to tell you, I've got a plan. Don't you love a plan? The Lord's got a plan. He orders my steps. He puts light on the path by his word. I know where to walk and where not to walk. My God supplies all my needs. He is my God. In him who I trust. God told Abraham to look out from where he was. And I'll give it to you. What are you looking at? If you can see it, God can release it in your life. If you can see yourself the head and not the tail, he'll give it to you. If you can see yourself debt-free, you can become debt-free. If you can see yourself healed, he can give it to you. What's your vision? What's your purpose? What's your goal? Vision says this, what do you see? Purpose is this, why do we see it? Goals are how are we going to get it? How am I going to get to where I see? What's the reason? If I know the reason... I know my why, then how am I going to get it? What are the steps I need? I believe God has called you. He's equipped you to get the job done. But you've got to get to the storeroom. He's already given you the key to unlock it and get all the stuff you need. Well, Brad, I don't... You know, if you... Let me say this. If you don't like children... And you don't have any patience for kids, probably not going to work in the nursery. Just saying. 
if you don't like to be in front of people and you don't like to speak and you don't like all of this and you, you know, it doesn't motivate you, probably not going to be a preacher. But what do you like? What are you good at? You know, people ask me, well, what are you going to do when you have to preach more than once? It, that stuff fuels me. I can't wait. Because we used to do it all the time. I'm excited for two services. Stop hating how he made you. Start looking out. God, what do you want me to do? How can I discover my purpose? If you don't know what your purpose is, let me ask you this. What bothers you? What bothers you is probably a good sign of what you're called to fix. Stuff bothers me, doesn't bother her. Stuff bothers her, don't bother me. Obviously, if I like a cinnamon raccoon (laughs) and pictures hung at a certain level, that don't bother me. I'm like, that looks good enough to me. But see, she has got this excellent, this has to be here. These have to match. This room has to flow. When you do that, hey, can you bring me something from the fridge? Thanks. Don't bother me. So what bothers you? If you go someplace and you see something that's not tidy or something, you just want to be like, oh, I just want to pick that up. Or if you're in a doctor's office and the picture's crooked. Anybody ever like, I just need to, I just want to straighten that. That won't bother me, but it would bother her. Because that's just how she made, it's okay to be how you are. God made you that way. What if that's what you're called to help fix? I had somebody come up to me one time and go, this is the problem here, 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 and here. And here's all these problems because it bothered them. So I said, well, then what do you want to do about it? Well, I don't know. Well, I want you to fix it. I don't want to fix it. Keep your comments to yourself. Boy, that went over well. I mean, if, you, if it bothers you, how can you be part of the solution? That might be something that God has called you to do. I have one more story and I'm done. Okay? Zach and Sam, brothers. Zach was the drummer today. It's my oldest son. Sam, youngest son. Zach, neat. Everything in its place. Zach would take out his CDs and DVDs, wipe them off, put them back in the case. Sam. (laughs) Zach. Bed, you could bounce a quarter off of it. I mean, shoes lined up, closet. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Wow, amazing. Sam, if it made it to the closet, it was close. His room, his part of the room would look like a tornado hit it. Zach's would look like, you know, it was awesome. So Sam's plan was very simple. It drove Zach bananas. Zach would take it for so long and then be like, I can't stand it. And then he would just clean everything up. And Sam would be like, yes. (laughs) So he wouldn't have to do it. Zach would clean everything. Problem was, Zach would put stuff away and Sam would never know where it was. (laughs) So I'm just saying, develop who you are and know whose you are and how you are. And let God work with that. That's okay. What are your goals? Long range, short range. Where will you be in 10 years, 5 years? Start asking God, give me some vision. For the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to accomplish some of those. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
Heavenly Father, I just give you praise for the word that you've planted this day. For our heads bowed, our eyes closed, if you're in the building today.